0: What is up, people? And thank you so much for listening to this episode of the New Generation Hero Talk Podcast. This is our New York Comic Con recap show. Boy, did we have a big weekend um, over in New York City with really the, the biggest event on the East Coast in terms of conventions, New York Comic Con 2018. We were there all three days, or well, three of the four days that were uh, that were that were open over at the Javits Center. We had a blast. We had we did a lot of uh, we got plenty of uh, video content coming to you guys on our YouTube channel, New Generation Media. That will be coming out over the next week or so. That You should just stay locked in. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. Once again, New Generation Media. Because there's going to be a lot of cool stuff. But we had a really fun weekend. It was great to see so much enthusiasm for a lot of these things that we all love in regards to superheroes, movies, and television. Um, and then other things that we don't that, you know, we don't talk about on these shows, but we're into we're into wrestling, we're into anime, you know, Dragon Ball had a really awesome panel for this uh, D- the Broly movie, video games. So there, there was so much love in that uh, arena, Sham, and there's, some, mm-hmm. there's something about that event that always uh, means a lot to me. So uh, being there, my eighth year, second year covering it with New Generation Media, I thought it was special. So Shamari, who of course joins me here, was with us as
1: well. Yeah. Uh, talk about uh, what you thought of Comic Con this year. Yeah, Comic Con was great this year. I I mean it's it's great every year. It's always really really fun, you know, getting able being able to go um, and spend uh, spend a weekend just engrossed in everything that you love. <laughs> yeah. Basically, which all these different shows and movies and uh, books and comics and etc that that you really enjoy and you get to see exclusive content on that on those things and you get to uh you know if you choose to interact with creators as well yeah people that make these shows actors that work on these shows you know and this is uh you know your space to do that and if you want to cosplay as well you can cosplay you can go and you know, uh, dress up as your favorite, uh, character and whatever it is, or just someone you like to, someone you think looks cool as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I always love Comic-Con, uh, and, uh, yeah, it was fun this year also.
0: Kendall was with us as well, he's back in Philadelphia. Now, Kendall, what did
2: you make of Comic-Con weekend? Yeah, I mean, Comic-Con, uh, it was a fun weekend, um obviously there was a lot of interesting events and panels that took place during the weekend. Uh, Daredevil, uh, Sony had a Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse panel that we saw Marvel, the runaway. There were plenty of different things, Dragon Ball Super. Um, and then we also saw Venom. So that also added to the weekend or hurt the weekend, depending on how you felt on the movie. But um Certainly added to the experience of uh, being engulfed in, in being engulfed in that culture for a couple of days.
0: I would I would love to know what the Venom ticket sales were for just in New York City or just in Manhattan. Because I mean, we went to the the uh, an AMC theater not too far from Javits, right across from Madison Square Garden, and there were no seats available. Um, I know that because it was a snag crew in, in the stands that forced me to get out of my seat, and then I, I couldn't find another seat. I had to like sit like in the very, very front row. So um, there was a lot of juice for that movie as well. I think that it being um, the weekend of Comic-Con certainly brought a lot of fans out in New York City. Obviously, I didn't match the 80 million, whatever number that they got, but I'm sure they got a little boost uh, from New York City and that uh, everyone was into everything regarding superheroes and stuff. During that weekend. So, we got a lot of stuff to talk about on this show. And again, we're going to have a lot of really cool content on YouTube. So, be sure to check that stuff out as well. But uh, we're going to start the show with something that happened during Comic Con weekend, but was not directly related to Comic Con, though I'm almost certain they did it because Comic Con was happening in New York. We're going to talk about uh, a new Aquaman trailer which was a whopping five minutes. Um, you don't normally see trailers out of five minutes. I almost don't know if I would call this a trailer. Same. I'd almost call it like a scene within a trailer, you know, because um, the, the the footage that they showed was a long scene with, uh, they showed a little bit in the beginning of like Arthur and his parents and how they kind of came together. But then a large portion of it is a scene where um, they're trying to access Atlantis in the Sahara Desert, desert. Uh, uh, um mira and arthur and um while, once that happens and once they kind of show how they did that and they kind of get the the access to atlantis through uh through like a hologram for lack of a better term of the old king talking about the the power of the trident and the power of the throne then we get what then felt more like a trailer towards the end right. so i'll say i think that this was a a decent Trailer, decent piece of footage, I would say. I was someone who was very uh, high on the first trailer that we got. I thought that that was a, a very good trailer, a very good first trailer. I think this was okay. Um, I think a lot of it had to do with the with the, 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 the the length of it. You know, again, five minutes is a long time to kind of keep me invested. And when you spend so much time with what I thought was honestly not great dialogue between Mera and Arthur in that cave in the sahara desert it took me out of the trailer way too early and it had to kind of pull me back in with the rest of the other stuff that they had in there and there was some really cool stuff there were some really great moments it's kind of like what i said on twitter there were good moments but i can't say that that was a great trailer i would say it was just a decent trailer um but the one thing that you can say positively about this movie is that it seems like for the most part i i i like the cgi underwater i think that they've for everything I've seen, there's been nothing that's been that alarming that I feel like, oh, they got to fix things. I think that they're going to pretty much get that right. They, I think they still got to smooth over some of the Black Manta CGI. Uh, a little bit, maybe. He looks a, a little computery for me. But uh, in terms of the the wide shots, when he or he's shooting something or he's jumping somewhere. When he's obviously fighting Arthur, he, he's 100% real. But... Uh, they could probably clean that up a little bit, but for the most part, it was clean. There was nothing egregious about it. I just think that, that, uh, that scene in, in the Sahara desert, I I didn't think was very funny or that interesting. And they spent a lot of time on it. I think it, it wasted time.
1: Um, I thought this, uh, trailer or extended video or whatever you want to call it. Um, I thought it was really good. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I, I agree. I thought the dialogue could have definitely could have been better. Um, I don't think that was, I think I think there will be better dialogue in the movie. I do too, and I don't think that that is what they should have showed. But uh, everything else that they showed just wowed me. Everything, mm-hmm. so I loved, um, you know, and I, I I even enjoy them going into a, the Sahara Desert and finding out the king and all that stuff. I loved it. I just thought the dialogue could have been better, but I love the whole concept surrounding that. I loved everything that happened in there, and how she took his sweat and a- activated the totem or whatever that was. Yeah, that was all cool. Yes, I mean I thought the idea of was everything around around about that. that is great. I agree. Yeah, and like and like I also uh, like like you know kind of like what EJ was saying. I, I like basically everything around that was was great to me. I mean I think Manta looks great. I think you know Manta's Manta's uh, subordinates are intimidating. Yeah. I think that um you know I, I think we could probably get some more from Orm. I don't know really know anything about Orm still, you know they're definitely hiding him and i think I think Patrick Wilson is very talented, I think he you know looks the part, and I think he can play the part, but they're definitely holding back on him. I'm hoping that's because they want to save that the richness of that character mm-hmm. for the movie, but from everything they showed, I mean, the action shots that he showed looks great, the underwater looks great. And the, um, and just Momoa's Aquaman. I buy Momoa's Aquaman, and I like the the, the suit that they gave him at the end. Well, that that orange classic suit, yeah, looks. I mean, I think it looks beautiful. spectacular. I mean, yes, I, I totally I think, agree. With I mean, that. that's a, that it looks great. It looks great. So I, they they definitely sold sold me yet again with this trailer. That the one thing I would take from the trailer as well, kind
0: of that it felt like this this trailer in particular, even maybe more so than the last trailer. Was definitely a uh, a departure from anything that had anything to do with Zack Snyder. Um, the, the 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 colors are very vibrant. Some a lot of the more actiony scenes that take place above water are in a very bright, colorful not colorful place in in North Sahara desert and wherever they were fighting a uh, um a manta, which is probably somewhere close, uh, somewhere there, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, seeing those colors of like blamanta shooting rays and stuff off of a bright colored background was something that jarred was very jarring to me not jarring in a bad way just like wow this is super different which is why i think maybe i said that now i'm looking at it closely to kind of clean up a little bit but then that last shot of like uh aquaman in his old orange suit i mean that's just like all we heard was that oh you can't do aquaman you can't have him in that ridiculous orange suit and you can't do anything about this that would look stupid on the big screen and it seems like um i expect that to be like maybe the one of the last shots in the movie but it seems like dc is going for it with aquaman in ways that they they have not with other movies where they tried to kind of uh keep it quote-unquote too real
2: yeah i mean i definitely feel like you're right in the sense that there are, they are moving away from the Zack Snyder concept of what a superhero movie is. Um, and they're kind of, this looks a little bit more like Wonder Woman in that sense. Um, I mean, I think this trailer, uh, extended video, whatever you want to call it, is something that I mean, I don't know if it had to come out for Aquaman or if it had to come out now, uh, but it's I don't think it hurt the movie in any way i think it certainly if you're if you were excited for this movie after the first trailer uh this movie this this extended video makes you i think more excited at the same on the same breath though i think if you weren't excited for this movie i don't think this trailer sold you on anything or this video sold you on anything um i think they kind of re reinforced a lot of the same narratives that were presented in the first trailer. Um, like you said, the, the more light, uh, the more bright, vibrant, uh, colors that are present in this, in this film. Uh, we saw a lot, we saw a lot of the humor from Jason Momoa's character, uh, and a lot of the banter. Um, we got more black Manta in this trailer. A lot of the things that people were excited about from the first trailer, uh, a lot of shots of Atlantis. Those were the things that were present in this one, just in a longer format. Uh, the suit is obviously something that was always going to be a polarizing topic if he, if he, if they were going to go with the traditional outfit. And I mean, it, it, it will take some getting used to, uh, but I do think that it was the right choice to go with the suit. I think um, for just when I think about like the marketing of Aquaman's character, uh, it feels like a good idea to get him the orange and green suit, uh, keep him connected to what he is in the comics and not deviate too much from that. Um, it It's not exactly... You know, he obviously looks very much different from what he looked like in Justice League and from what he looked like in Batman v Superman, but uh, that also may end up being a good thing because at the same time, Does this, is though, are those two movies that you want your character to really even be attached to?
0: Right, exactly. That definitely is part of the reason why they gave him this suit. I
2: totally agree. Because now it feels like almost like a different character or an evolved character in some aspect. And because of that, now you can maybe wipe away a little bit of that uh, stench from those two movies and say, all right, now. This is my take on the character. It's a little better. He's a little more evolved. And he's upgraded to the leveled up version of Aquaman.
1: Yeah, and like, I don't think they had to give him the orange suit, you know? Um, I mean, there's a a version version of Aquaman. I mean, the one that comes to mind for me is the Aquaman from the Justice League cartoon. He didn't have an orange suit. Right, yeah. He was just bare-chested. Yeah. He didn't have no orange suit. He had a hook for a hand, but he had a, he didn't have an orange suit. Which I thought the hook for the hand was ridiculous. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, they didn't have to add the orange suit. I thought he looked just fine how he looked in the other movies. But it seems like they're trying to uh, they're trying to earn you know brownie points for yeah. um, you know sticking to you know I guess his classic origins. Um, and and you're right. I mean, they're probably trying to transform this character into something more. Than what he was in Justice League and in Batman V Sumer. The one
0: thing I would take away also from this movie is that I don't think it will be short on action. Oh, yes. Um, it's from this trailer. It, it, this is a extremely action packed trailer. I expect this movie to be, um, epic in that regard in terms of the level of action. I'm for it. Uh, it's but it, of course it is part of it is bold because of the. CGI uh challenges that can go with doing things underwater, but it seems like they're going to be uh big set pieces. This is not something that this is not a movie that's trying to gonna gonna try to scale down and kinda be uh minimalist in regards to how they deal with action scenes, the way I think um Zack Snyder was very minimalist in the ways he used uh Atlantis and underwater scenes with Aquaman during Justice
1: League. All right. Yeah, I mean, I def, I agree with that. I mean, I think the action scenes, um, um, I I think we're going to get a lot of action scenes, and I think the action scenes that we get, um, we're either going to get a lot of different action scenes, or we're going to get, um, you know, an average amount of action scenes, but they're just going to be much longer. Um, either way, I think we're, I definitely think we're going to get a lot of action in this movie, and I feel like you know, uh, if they, they have the, um, you know, the means. And you know there's action in this trailer, and I mean Juan is no stranger to action. I mean I definitely think that I, I think they're gonna go for it. I mean why not? And that's what people want to see when they go to movies like this. They want to see uh, they want to see action, especially with someone like Jason Momoa. He's an action star. I mean come on, right? You put J- Jason Momoa in a movie and, he, and they're they're ain't enough action. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. You know you got Momoa, you got him as Aquaman. You got Black Manta. You have this crazy underwater uh, uh environment uh, like there's we're definitely in for a treat with this
0: movie i'm um, i'm also uh I, the the one of the big shots in the scene that in this trail that excited me was a shot of Nicole kitman in uh in what looks like some kind of living room going against uh looks like manta's man maybe the Mantis Man or maybe Orange Man, Man yeah. and just going ham <laughs> with their trident. Yeah. Uh to see Nicole Kidman uh uh getting down like that um at this in twenty eighteen I thought it was pretty dope. So yeah. that was that was that was a big positive as well. Overall, yeah, like I guess I think it, it's a good it's a I, I was say it was decent. Um I said it had some really big time moments. The moment with him in the costume, I talked about the Nicole Kidman moment, the fight scene with Uh, Manta, all those were were big moments, I just thought the rest of it I didn't get enough of Orm I got too much of that scene in that tomb that I didn't care about so we'll see how this goes Um, this doesn't discourage my feelings about this movie at all, even though I I said that this was only a decent trailer, I think that this still could end up being a very good movie I just don't know if it was the best way to cut footage, you know the most interesting stuff I saw was like the quick stuff they showed about you know, the king and like uh, how Atlantis used to be like those little quick shots. I'm like, oh, I would like to have seen that stuff rather than just dialogue between uh, you know awkward dialogue I felt between Mera and Arthur. But, um, but that was a, that was a big moment this weekend when we got that Iron Man, at that uh, Aquaman trailer. That movie comes out December 21st, so we're only a couple of months away, and um, that along with Sp- and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse will be our last superhero movies of the year before we get to 2019 which is of course going to be a massive year when you talk about Marvel's Captain Marvel and Avengers Infinity War but let's move on now to some stuff we did see at New York Comic Con and let's start with Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse because for the people that got into that panel at Madison Square Garden on Saturday you were in for quite a treat because Sony elected to show uh, astonishingly the first 30 minutes 35 minutes of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse which stars Shamik Moore as Miles Moore, Miles uh, Miles Morales. Stars Jake Johnson as Peter Parker. Um, the cast, they were, they were all, all the major characters in the cast were all uh, at the panel. They were super excited about this project. I thought they really had some interesting insight into the movie. But Shamari, talking about the footage that we saw, I'm gonna tell you what I, I'm telling people what I told you guys as soon as we stopped watching that footage. Of course, we will not spoil anything. 'Cause we don't want to be <laughs> jerks. But I told Jushimari that this was special. Um, and I did not use that word lightly. It's rare I ever turned to... we've seen a lot of movies. I don't know. I don't know if I've even said anything that about like Infinity War. I, I would say it is, but I don't think I didn't turn to you after Infinity War and say, Yo, that was special. I probably was just depressed. <laughs> almost crying. But um But I watched it, watching that first 35 minutes. I was like, yo, that was a special movie we just watched. And we didn't watch the whole thing. Now, we saw probably what was the entire first act. I don't know Mm -hmm. what happens afterwards, obviously. Could the rails come off? Anything's possible. But that would be very surprising from what we saw, Shem. I thought that that was um, truly a remarkable job by Sony and all the people involved of putting that, that together. The artwork. The, the plot that they created um and the voice acting was brilliant i mean just it was it was to me a 10 out of 10 for the first for the first tw- 35 minutes and that's insane this could this could end up being what i said on twitter this animated movie could end up being a game changer i firmly believe that
1: it completely could it could end up being a game changer and it could um uh this could easily be uh, depend, and, and this is you know, you know. Of course, I'm being uh. This is uh, you know says a lot about the movie. Um, it could end up being my my second favorite movie of 2018, or second or third favorite movie of 2018. Like that I've just seen. Period. You know, because this, the first 30 minutes, there was so much life in this movie. I feel like that's another thing. There's so much life. There's it's like real. It's very vibrant. It's really vibrant. Yeah. and it, it, this world feels real and lived in and it is coming from from people that grew up in New York yes exactly <laughs> we grew up and went to school in New York yeah. you know and it feel, this feels so real it's so like so real so lived in the characters seem so real you know Miles's life uh immediately you just immediately are just thrown into his life and you you see his life and it's just like yeah this is this is real you know, and you can't you can't say that about a lot of movies, live action or animated like this is this really. And I agree. I, I think this could be something very, very special. The first act I thought was spectacular. I thought it was like I thought I thought it was just great. You know, I really thought it was great. And I think it's, it's special that this is, you know, again, you know, off the heels of Black Panther. This is, a you know, a young, you know, black kid, you know, uh, you know, mixed race living in New York City you know this is this is something that you don't you don't see you know coming out of hollywood that often you know but this could be something that's really really special that we're seeing um, and i was i was so impressed everything from the music the soundtrack to the the colors the and the, the artistic choices of the producers and directors to you know have like comic book like little comic book panels yeah. Things come up when he's thinking something or yeah. saying something like that's so you know that's just that's so cool, that's so cool coming from people that like comic books, and things like that. It's just it's it's great, it's great. Like I can't wait to see that movie.
0: And What was crazy was we got to see uh, Peter Ramsey and Rodney uh, Rothman were there talking about. They're the directors of the movie. Right. And they said that uh, they said a couple interesting. things. Kind of, one that they when they were approached about doing a Spider-Man animated movie, they said they would not do it unless it was Miles Morales. They said there was no way um, uh, that they wanted to do anything that didn't involve Miles, because we've seen a million Peter Parker stories. We've seen a million of those same stories. And the second thing that I thought was interesting in regards to Miles was actually something that I heard Brian Tyree Henry say, who plays... um, Miles' father, if you watch Atlanta, of course he's Paperboy um, and he talked paper about... Paperboy Paperboy, paper boy, all about the Paperboy um, anyway, <laughs> he spoke about what, he said that he was he ran to do this role once you know, they hired him because he said the, the opportunity to play uh, to represent a, a stable black family in Hollywood is so rare and It's crazy when he said that to me, because I don't know why it didn't hit me. Maybe because it was animated content, but like he's so right about that. I mean, when you see this movie, for what we saw, is a a young man who's going to a private school after having excelled at a public school, Um, and then there's like great dialogue about you know his feelings about being sent to a private school, why he's there, did he really earn that spot, Mm -hmm. all the things we hear about in our normal. Culture and all the things we hear, all the issues we, we come up, we we talk about when it comes to those kind of uh, you know school transfers all come up very early in this movie. Mm-hmm. But in fact, you have a stable family, a very smart young kid, Kendall. You got a, a father who works as a police officer, a mother who works as a um, in hospital. As a, as a in the hospital. There clearly, this is a movie that is is very different than anything we've seen. He talked about how you know normally you see a movie is you know every every time it's always a single mother. You don't see the black father and their, uh, their impact on a young kid's life. And I think that that is very uh, special about this movie as well. Seeing that represented on TV, it reminded me so much of, you know, I think anybody who, any black kid or black man, you know, we're all men at this point pretty much, uh, that's lived in a stable family, it reminds you more of your own family. I think that was something that I took away as well, Kendall.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um... And what's also interesting is uh, the one guy that wasn't there was uh, Maya Ali yes. was playing Aaron Davis, and we also saw that character and his impact on Miles Morales, which could ultimately end up being a uh, wild twist in the movie, if you're not familiar with the comic mm-hmm. story, but um, that this movie uh, certainly has set up a lot of interesting uh, layers. Um, obviously, the the my biggest takeaway from seeing that seeing that movie because I came I came in with not many high expectations for this film. Uh, I didn't know what to expect. Really, was not super excited. But when I saw the movie, or when I saw that first thirty five minutes, it made me realize that obviously. That Phil Lord and Chris Miller have a magic touch when it comes to animated movies. Yeah, they're the producers and, of this movie. Yeah, and what they did with obviously the Lego Movie and what they're now doing with this movie, uh, you can tell the humor that's in that that's in this movie. You can tell that they they're doing something that is uh that is unique um and it, it doesn't feel it doesn't feel generic because that that was what i was worried about was like it's just going to be some generic animated movie like i mean i know Shamar you remember the the tmnt movie that came out oh yeah about 10 years ago I mean, that movie it was a fine movie but it was super generic so nobody cared yep. there was nothing special about it besides it was it was a feature film as opposed to <laughs> as opposed to a d straight to dvd right. this one could not be a straight to DVD movie. The the effects that they're using, uh, the the talent level that's on the cast, it, it, it the budget is clearly too high for this movie to have been straight to DVD. So I, I'm glad that I do have that feeling of all right, this is a big, this is a real movie. This isn't just some animate, not anime. some animated cash grab uh, put together by Sony uh, to profit off of Spider Man and. You know, when they when they talked about wanting to use Miles Morales, it you definitely feel the differences in this character. You definitely you you certainly feel like you're glad they didn't use Peter Parker. Yeah, this, is, this isn't Parker, a cut and they, job.
0: Yeah, this isn't sorry to cut you off. now that you go kind of, This isn't a cut and paste where it's like, oh, you guys want Miles Morales? Okay, let's just do a black Peter Parker. Yeah. He's a different person, and they 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 illustrate that uh, very authentically. I agree.
2: Yeah, I mean, and they could have chosen to just do Peter Parker, and it could have been very generic. Um, They could have, like you said, uh, good point. They could have done Miles Morales in a way in which he was basically Peter Parker. Uh, We've seen that plenty of times, where it's like the character, different name only, but they they made a uniqueness to the character, and I think having Peter Parker as a part of the movie will end up servicing that idea even better. Cause then you, I think you'll end up seeing some of the nuanced differences between the two characters, which could end up being, uh, interesting. But, um, overall, I think we're all excited for this movie. Yeah. I
0: mean, I know I, am. Oh yeah. I know, I'm, I'm super excited. I mean, yeah, I, extremely excited. I was, I was pretty, I mean, Shamari was definitely the most excited of us before we saw anything from the panel. Um, I think now we probably all equal his excitement for this because again that was an unbelievable show that they put on in that panel and uh, I do want to shout out Shmee Moore one more time because I thought one of the, also the cool things he talked about was, um, how he 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 really fell in love with the Miles Morales character well before him getting this role. In fact, when he was auditioning for other roles like in Dope, like in um, The Get Down, you know. Back in the day, he wrote in his like his he has a, his his personal journal. He said I when he saw Miles Morales, you know the Black Spider Man, be created. He wrote in his journal as like a kind of inspirational. I am Spider Man. I am Miles Morales. So it was kind of neat to see someone who already had a great appreciation for this character and a character that already meant a lot to him. You could tell in terms of Kendall saying that it was felt very different and felt very real about this new person. Is part of that, I think. A lot of credit goes to him more because he's not he's not mailing it in. That's another thing. No one in this cast mails it in. Oh yeah, not at all. Uh, in, in regard to anything we saw, uh, Lee Schreiber playing the Kingpin, he does not mail it in at all. Um, uh, obviously we talked about um Brian Tyree Henry, Luna Lauren Velez uh, as 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 his mom. She's awesome. I mean, it's just I can't speak highly enough about how great it is. And I think you guys are right. Lord and Miller, they have that magic touch right now when it comes to animation everybody i'm encouraging i'm trying to get everybody to understand please see this movie like mm-hmm. um it's you know I, I it's not it's rare that I, I i champion a movie like this probably black panther i probably would champion it as well but like because i don't i don't you know i shouldn't care about a, you know a corporate <laughs> corporation making i don't, I don't money. care
2: i don't care about amy pascal's uh yeah amy
0: pascal i'm sure will do very fine without my voice um but in terms of just like if your your appreciation for art your appreciation for this for this culture mm-hmm. this is a movie you have to see that's how that's how serious what we saw was in the first 30 minutes of that movie and and I'm i'm really excited i cannot wait for december 14th when this movie finally comes out but let's now move on to something else we saw at comic-con it was actually in the same day in fact it was right after seeing spider-man to the spider-verse we got to see uh the daredevil panel for netflix so daredevil comes out i believe in two weeks uh, almost a week and a half from now and or maybe maybe later i don't know I'm, my dates are all off right now but boy did we see something crazy in that <laughs> in that daredevil panel so by now you guys all aware that um we have bullseye in this season of netflix uh netflix's daredevil series season three we had the whole who is fbi agent two then okay agent dex who is agent dex turns out that character is going to be the person who becomes bullseye and in this panel they showed us footage of bullseye this is something you cannot miss (laughs) if you like daredevil if you like superheroes if you like punish uh bullseye um this is also something that has the chance to be very special now of course we saw much less of this than um now spider-man spider so i'm not gonna say oh this is gonna be the best season but in just a little bit we saw of bullseye sham i think there's no question that this guy has a chance to be an epic villain for this season of daredevil
1: oh yeah yeah d- definitely certainly I was extremely impressed by Bullseye. I mean, and I was very skeptical. You know, I know Kendall has been <laughs> uh, calling for Bullseye for a while now. Uh, and I was always like, okay, yeah, we should get Bullseye, you know. <laughs> just yeah, end. I was kind of with you. Yeah. yeah I wasn't, I, like, running. Yeah.
0: I felt like it made sense to kind of wait. Yeah. And I think that they were right now because the impact, I think, is greater.
1: Yeah. But I was like, okay, yeah, we should, you know, we should get Bullseye, you know. Like, this is a Daredevil villain. We should definitely get Bullseye. <laughs> Now I'm like, wow, yeah, I really, I really want Bullseye. <laughs> you know, because this Bullseye, this is not, you know, uh, this, they got Bullseye from the Daredevil movie with like This is a, this is a real, this guy is like a real threat. And um, uh, one thing that's, that's, spe- I, think, I think is special about this Bullseye is that they're showing the origin, his origin of how he becomes Bullseye. And I think that's really, really cool. And it, it's linked with, uh, the kingpin. So I think that's, that's going to be a really, really interesting story to to tell. Um, But yeah, this is, uh, this bullseye is extremely dangerous. We got to see a scene with bullseye um, fighting daredevil. And it is, it is something you do not want to miss. And the fact that they were willing to show us this scene, you know, means that they must have a lot more coming down the pipe with regards to what, what, what they're going to show uh, bullseye do this season, and you're definitely not going to want to miss that. Yeah, that scene was crazy. That scene was an
0: amazing fight scene. I can't wait to talk about it. I told you guys, I was like, I cannot wait to talk about that scene when we do our Daredevil recap, because the psychology of how they blocked a fight between Daredevil and Bullseye and Daredevil, kind of understanding how he needs to approach a threat like Bullseye, it was just brilliant, and if you really are in super into this kind of stuff, uh, if you're a nerd like I am with this kind of stuff, I, I thought it was like a ma- it was masterful how they told that story of a fight between Bullseye, the first fight between Bullseye and Matt. It was great. And speaking of action, Kendall, uh, the new showrunner, spoke heavily about the idea that there's going to be a scene in this season that will trot that will that will trump the famous. Uh, you know, hallway scene in season one, episode two of Daredevil. There's another one-shot scene where it's going to be uh, a crazy action sequence with Matt Murdock that will blow people's minds. The idea that they are setting the bar high for that makes me nervous in one sense because I'm like, okay, well, can they match that? Because I, I think we all kind of agreed that that was something that we had never seen before, what they did in that episode in yeah. season two, season one. Um, I, I would
1: challenge that them on that 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 was the best you you stairwell. think the stairwell scene is better i think right? the stairwell scene i agree and i think it's arguable for the prison scene i think you could argue that oh with punisher with punisher that was, punisher, that, was yeah, that was
0: daredevil yeah the punisher prison scene was crazy too i think i would still put the i would put I the i think hallway, they're neck and neck for me i i think i would slightly put the hallway scene above punisher i would not put the hall i would i mean excuse me the uh the hallway scene yeah but I would not put the hallway scene over. I think the um, that stairwell scene that was crazy. The stairwell scene is insane. That was masterful. <laughs> yeah, that was that. I I thought they topped themselves. Yeah. Now I think that, but there's an iconicness to the first one. Yeah, of course. So I, like, agree. I agree with that. So I, I think that I think what they're trying to say is that we will no longer maybe see it in that light when we see this. Right. Because yeah. that that scene, why I think it was better, I don't think it like made us forget about the first one. The right. First one definitely was like, not. Yeah. The first one inspired the second one. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're saying this next one's gonna be crazy, Kendall. But what do you think about what they said about that, and and some of the other stuff we learned? By the way, that bullseye character will be played by Wilson Bethel. Um, uh, he's been playing uh, Benjamin Poindexter. Yeah.
2: yeah um, what was your question?
0: I'm sorry. What what did you think of that? The idea that that scene could end up being the best acting oh, yes. scene from this series,
2: despite yeah, other mean, things they've done so far. The the height that they've uh, that they've Tried to generate for this scene certainly intrigues me. Um, because, like you guys have mentioned, the bar has been set so high for Daredevil fight scenes now that, and I mean, this is a new show, a new showrunner. Um, I'm sure a lot of the same crew is still involved, but this is now a different head running the snake, and, uh, we'll see if he can outdo what his predecessors have been able to do. Um, but I—I I mean, it's certainly a, again, it's certainly a very uh, tantalizing um, proposition. On the 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 bullseye character, this is something. Well, one, I'll say what they've shown with bullseye certainly looks very very interesting. Like you guys mentioned, I've been calling for bullseye since season one, wondering where where is bullseye? Why have we gotten bullseye? And finally. They've decided they gave us Bullseye, and this is pretty much what I expected to see out of this character. Um, they're doing it in a way that maybe I didn't expect that he would be, you start out as an FBI agent and that you get really the entire downfall of Bullseye. Um, my I would have guessed that he would have been more like what we got from Typhoid Mary and Iron Fist, where he kind of just comes in as an expert right away, which is kind of what is happening, but... He's not actually Bullseye. But um one question I do have for you guys, something I didn't raise in our YouTube video because of time purposes, but something I thought about was, do you guys feel like their plan was always to reveal Bullseye before the show started? Or do you think that because it had already gotten leaked out that Wilson Bethel was likely playing Bullseye, or that he was playing Bullseye, reportedly, that they decided we might as well Put together a civil reveal for Bullseye, and just reveal he's Bullseye right away.
0: I don't know. I mean, wh- <laughs> I know that's not what's... good for this show to say I don't know, but I genuinely don't know. I my gut tells me there was some strategic change in their reveal for Bullseye. I don't know if it was because they thought that everyone overwhelmingly knew that Beto was playing Bullseye. If that was what they thought, I think that they maybe oversold themselves a little bit. The hardcore fans that have been playing close attention, they were hoping, expecting this guy could be Bullseye. But I thought Marvel did a pretty good job of keeping that under wraps.
2: Um, there was still what nothing hurt them was solid I, I want, about the him hash, being Bullseye. I want to say it was the hashtag show that reported that he was playing Bullseye. Uh, like we talked about it on the show. Right. And when they reported that, I went to IMDb. Remember, I don't know if you remember. I went to IMDb during the show and I was mm-hmm. like, it says he's playing FBI agent too. So I don't know if this is a major spoiler or not, but it just seems
0: I, like that would be a weird way to try to. I it just see. I don't know. I just feel like while wow, we all love this show and I love the show. I mean, I, I wasn't remember. I, mean, I knew the whole thing of bullseye could appear, but I don't think I was looking for the actor that was going to play. I don't think I ever even remember that, even though we covered it on the show, we cover so much stuff. I don't think they had to change if they did make a change. My gut tells me that they did make a change. Um, I don't think it was because there was this overwhelming thing that they couldn't no longer keep it the wraps for three days. I think that – or three weeks. I think that they probably just saw an opportunity to make big news at uh, Comic-Con. They were going to do a panel, and, like, yeah, how so could the, you do that panel and not show that?
1: Yeah, I, that's what I'm thinking, too. I'm thinking – because they knew they were going to have this panel. Yeah, exactly. You know? They knew so, that for a while. And so they—I don't think this is something where they were—they weren't going to invite Wilson Bethel. But then they changed the plans, and they're like, "Okay, you're going to come to Comic Con, and we're going to reveal that you're Bullseye." No, well, I, yeah,
2: I, not not necessarily that you know Wilson Bethel went from like some low rate character to like a prime time guy, but more right. so like would like he went from like you know FBI agent Dex. To now he's just bullseye straight up. He's FBI agent too. I just wonder if they maybe had a a plan of like we're gonna keep this under wraps and then during the show you'll slowly see him unravel into bullseye. Now we'll now we know going in.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think so. I, th- I definitely yeah. think they plan to reveal. And I I, I think it's also one of the things where it's like that's gonna bring people in. It will, you know, like the I, bullseye is gonna be in. I mean, fist being in it, of course, is gonna bring people in. But I think you know knowing that bullseye is working with fisk that's gonna bring people in so yeah
2: I, I, I just wonder what they gained from waiting so long i mean like you said maybe they just wanted to reveal i think but i think they gained a lot i, I think
0: I, people like us are going crazy about what we saw from bullseye I, that is hitting the, the the ancillary people who were on the fence about what the, whether they were going to because they tune in uh in october to watch this i think now October nineteenth comes there are people who have heard that bullseye's in it and what he looks like, and they will watch October nineteenth They're not gonna wait or maybe not watch this season
2: yeah I mean it just it's just a uh, you're probably right it it's just it's a it's a shift in what they've done in the past, you know with Punisher and some of these other characters where they've been more upfront so then to now feels like trying and keep this under wraps. And when it gets reported, then unveil the character. I don't know. He said it seems like an audible. But regardless, they did a great job with however they decided to un- uh, reveal this character.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I I think Bullseye... I think Bullseye can be a very, very uh, interesting character because I don't think he's going to end up being the main villain. But I think that... Um, I think he could be an extremely compelling, uh, either side villain or person working with the main villain, which is Kingpin. So I think this is, and I think this is going to be, um, uh, I I think this is going to be probably the best, you know, version of a sharpshooter that we've seen, honestly. Better than Deadshot. Better than everyone on the Punisher. Um, Better than the last bullseye, of course. So I think this is gonna be—I think this is gonna be really cool to see. I think another important thing we saw was some
0: of the first uh, footage and interactions of uh, Sister, Sister Maggie, Maggie. yeah, um, who is of course uh, Matt's mother. Um, she's the person who kind of gets him back into shape, so to speak, mm-hmm. while he's recovering from a building being dropped on him. I'm, cur- I'm I hope they kind of explain how he survived that, because they kind of made it very finite that like I don't know. It seemed like no one could survive what happened to him. So I'm I'm hoping that it's something good <laughs> uh, that they figure out. But uh, but but we see a scene with Sister Maggie that I thought was really really good. So I'm, I'm excited to see what they do with that. She's being played by Joanne Whaley Wale- for that role. Um, and of course, we got a lot of uh of Fisk, and and we see Fisk is uh you know. His connection to the FBI, it seems like he may very well end up kind of almost taking over the FBI. Uh, at some point in the season, we see kind of his rise from being in the jail uh, and how he gets to become the kingpin. You know, um, it's funny how Kendall talked about it in the YouTube video, which you guys, it's not up yet, but you'll see soon, where, uh, you know, Fist had to work to get to that white suit and the show runners and... The actor, when it's an offer talked about how they knew that they wanted to work to get to that suit. Because in this, in this series, he's not really the kingpin yet. It's, I think, this season where we likely will we'll work to that position where he's the kingpin. I think that's something that we're all excited for as well.
1: Yeah, I think so too. And he was already scared to begin with. He was already amazing. I mean, yeah. in season one, they couldn't even say his name. Yeah. He was like, don't say his name. Well, I was like, oh my God, you know. And now he's even bigger. Like, that's going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy to see him. Um, you know, in the white suit as the Kingpin. Um, and he's spectacular as, as Wilson Fisk, D'Onofrio. So, so I mean, that. as far as how Kingpin is going to be this season, we already know how he's going to be this season. So it's just a matter of seeing him in the white suit, I guess, finally taking on that Kingpin role. Yeah, Kingpin kind of was like, to me, like, he's like, you know, Antonio
0: Brown, DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, he, you know what you're going to get from him. It's, it's going to be... D'Onofrio is going to give you top notch work. And one of the things I thought was cool about this panel, Kendall, was I thought that I talked to actually talk to my girlfriend about this that of all the panels we watched, I thought this was the most actor nerd panel we saw. In that the actors spoke so much about their characters' portrayals um, and their motivations and how they, as actors, got through not just this season, but previous seasons. There's a uh, there's an intellectual psychology that I think this this team of cast members and showrunner and even executive producer in Jeff Loeb that they uh that they that they take in creating this show kind of that I think others don't, which is why I think it's it's so successful.
2: Yeah, you know, Vincent D'Onofrio is uh he's good for twenty fantasy points every week, yeah, <laughs> uh, or every episode of <laughs> Daredevil, but um. Yeah, you can definitely tell that there's a, a a very advanced level of detail, uh, with the actors on the actors and actresses on the show. Um obviously they're all very high quality. Um they all have a good handle on the character that they're playing. Uh and what's interesting is that they're all not all of them, but like when I look at D'Onofrio and Charlie Cox uh in particular, they're very they're not very similar to the character they're playing. So which shows you that they do put in a lot of effort to make the to make the characters work and to play the roles um in a way that, that, that's faithful to the character they're trying to play. So I mean I'm I'm certainly invested in whatever they're gonna do with Wilson Fisk. Um his inclusion in season two certainly raised the level of intensity. And so now to get him back to the series regular is obviously a, uh, it's a huge plus for what season three's upside and potential could be.
0: Yeah. I think we're all, um, yeah. I mean, this panel this was an awesome panel. Uh, I, I just, I can't say enough about how excited I already was excited for, I already was excited for season three, but I mean, now I'm like, I, that October 19th date, uh, it won't be very long before I finish those thirteen episodes. Um, things can change. Things end up being way worse than I expect. But wow, I just think that uh, that they really are on the right track and and they deserve a lot of credit. And um, and I'm looking forward to it, dude. I, I really hope that they are able to uh, to put together something great because I think that from what we saw, there's a chance this could also be special. Again, it's a little bit more of a smaller, um. Smaller sample size, but you got to like what you're hearing so far, what we've seen so far from Daredevil. Another panel we saw this weekend, guys, was Runaways. Um, Runaways is one of my favorite shows uh, to watch. It's one of my favorite shows of the year. We got to see the season premiere of episode of uh, season one, of uh, season two, I'm sorry. Uh, I thought it was a solid episode. I think there were a lot of really cool things that they kind of uh, touched on in the episode as the kids now transition from, uh, you know, privileged, pampered, protected Brentwood kids into essentially homeless people. <laughs> like they're, they, they, uh, they don't have a home. They're living amongst the homeless, which of course includes the, you know, the hungry, the mentally, just dis- mentally disabled, the, uh, the, the drug addicted, um, the criminal aspect. I mean, they, this is a is a very stark change in terms of these kids' uh, setting and their surroundings and their reactions to it. I thought the show did a really good job of kind of displaying how each character reacts to all of those things. Um, in terms of the panel, I thought the panel was pretty cool. Um, they didn't do a lot of talking in the panel. I think they they had a time issue. They started kind of late and... Then they want, I guess they realized they wanted to show the whole show. So we didn't get to hear as much from the panel as maybe I would have hoped. But uh, that first episode was solid, man. And I'm, I think that Runaways uh, can get the ball rolling on another uh, great season. I think the one thing we could say about this season from what we saw, not only from just the episode, but also from what the panel actors and the showrunner was saying, was that this season expect to see more superhero esque action. Um, if there was any complaint or a criticism last year, it was that this was not really a superhero show. I would say that was the point <laughs> for you who would say that. I don't think that was a, really a negative about it. But I think that while well, I don't think it will ever be a superhero show, I think you get more of those elements in this season. You get some of those elements in this episode, in season one.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I, and I think that... Um... I think this show would be good to have more action in it, especially the further you go along in it, because people are going to expect action. You know, the more these characters become familiar with their abilities, the more they use their abilities, the more action they should be able to do. Um, now, I, as for the, the episode that we saw, I thought it was good. I mean, I, think, I, I feel like it basically followed the same tone as the last season. Um, I feel like the tone of the show isn't going to change. That's what it seems like to me. Um, if you liked season one, it looks like you're going to like season two. If you didn't like season one, I I mean, I, we've only seen the first episode, so I can't speak for the rest of season two, but it's following the same tone, Mm -hmm. the same characters, same tone, you know, it's consistent. So, um, but from what we saw, I liked it, you know, there's some, uh. Uh, there's definitely some twists and, and turns, and there's some sad moments, there's some happy moments, there's some interesting moments, you know, and you're getting you know deeper in with the relationships between the characters and stuff. Yeah. So it's very, uh, it's very good. I like what we saw, and I'm definitely looking forward to the next season.
0: I think one of the things Kendall that I took away from the panel uh, and the episode we saw was, you know, the parents are obviously a big part of this story not just the kids but their parents and how they kind of really contrast like to me like it's like you know we had the runaways as a team but then the parents prior are also kind of like a team we're kind of following them and you know the story is also told from their perspective in many ways as well and the one thing that i noticed more so than last season was it seems like the desperation from the parents is much higher in this season um they seem to be much more willing to be much more brutal and much more uh, swift acting in dealing with threats, dealing with situations that could become a, a problem to them while they try to find their kids. And again, I think that's great, Ken, because that speaks to what I think will be uh, larger, more intense, more action-packed confrontations.
2: Yeah, I mean, this seems like this will be a very, very emotional season. Um, the characters are obviously out of their comfort zone. Um, the parents are out of their comfort zone yeah, at this point. Exactly. Um, so it's there, there, there will be a lot of interesting narratives that are set during the season. Um, the, I mean, we can't really go into specifics about what happened in the first episode, but, uh, they, they had a lot of, they set up a lot of interesting things. Um, the trailer that was released uh, obviously teased that there will be um, some new additions to the runaways, which could end up being uh, which could end up being game changers for what could ultimately be the be what the team is going forward. Um, and during the panel, uh, wasn't a whole lot of comments from the cast, but. Uh, Jeff Loeb was asked whether or not the the Runaways and, the, and Cloak and Dagger could possibly uh, could possibly cross over, and he could neither he neither could uh, confirm or deny that that would happen. So, um, in fact, he said
0: that to watch this season, which I thought
2: was yeah. a very interesting way to answer that
0: question. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, I don't know if that means that we will
2: get them right, but I season. thought that that was weird the way to answer that. If that's not gonna happen, my my guess is he means by what he means by that is that, from his perspective, that he knows that. I think there may be an Easter egg, from Cloak and Dagger in this season. I think that that's very likely. Like I think that's a, a reference likely.
1: based on how something
2: that then people will then run with the fact that Cloak and Dagger that they're in the same universe and that they will. There's even more potential for them to cross over.
0: But how would they do a Cloak and Dagger crossover? Is that going to have to be... uh, To me, that's got to be like a... Almost like a two-part special.
2: Right? Like, how do you... My guess is it would uh be on Freeform. And... I mean, they're very similar characters. Oh, yeah. I mean, the shows are similar. Yeah. I mean, the shows are Um, shot... I
0: mean, they're shot very differently, though. Yeah. So I would be curious to see how they work with that.
2: Yeah, that's always the tough part when you have those type of uh, those crossovers with two different shows and two different showrunners. You never really know uh, who's going to take lead, who's going to use whose characters. Uh, they could do, like, Flash and Arrow and just do both. But one one, one do one show, one do the other. Well, yeah.
0: it's tougher now because uh, that's why I, it's kind of weird because right now... Runaways is a Hulu show that this season will be releasing all thirteen episodes. Um, when the show's release was in January, whenever it is, um, mm-hmm. which is different than how obviously and Diary*, which is a weekly show. So how would they manage? That's why I'm wondering if it's gonna be just like a. I'm wondering. Runaway's is it in, December, right? yeah, in December, right? Oh, yeah, on December. December twenty first. Twenty first. Yeah, December. I'm sorry. Um, so part of me kind of wonders: is there a way where do they just decide to? do like a, a just like a, a one shot because i don't know how do you do a linear story with either of those seasons when the show setups are so different
2: yeah that's why i would think that they would be on i think they could probably both be on freeform just one would be done by the runaways people
0: but my thing is though like how would they manage that if hulu if the all the episodes of hulu are released at once is what i'm saying well, it would be released probably with the Cloak and Dagger. Saying so it come out on Cloak and Dagger. So it come out I mean, during a time when Cloak and Dagger is. Okay, yeah. that's what you're saying. You know, like, it's, it's, like a special, one hour, two hour special, or whatever. That you could watch within the 13 episodes of the season, yeah. and it would make sense. Mm-hmm. I guess that's how they, That's the only way you could do something like that, I think. But I, said, I, would, I, I also think that it could end up being, like I said, just a one shot. Just like it's a, a two hour special randomly on freeform. That's like kind of not linear towards the story. It's just a, almost like a movie. Hmm. Which freeform ABC families, like, they've done those kind of things. They do those things all the time.
2: Those straight yeah. to TV movies. EJ, it seems like you have experience in watching uh, freeform I, and Disney Channel movies. I, the
0: only time I've ever watched <laughs> freeform ABC and in length is for this show. But I know that it's something that they like to do. Because Disney likes to do <laughs> Disney. <laughs> Like we seen on Disney Channel also likes to do that as well so I don't know I think that how they would do that is interesting uh Shamara, are there any other takeaways from the panel that uh, and or the episode that you thought were uh, were noteworthy
1: um
0: so the talk about the mole seems to be uh amongst everyone's yes attention yeah there's a I lot of th- people who know the comics
1: there's a lot of talk about the mole um I think that could be fun though I hope it doesn't drag for the whole series the whole season that kind of concerns me cuz i don't want the whole season to be like then be pointing fingers at each other the whole season. I, I just don't want that. You know, i think that i could i could get tired of that very fast. But it is an interesting angle that i think should be explored.
0: And it's somewhat explored even in that first episode. It is. Yeah. Not ex- not explicitly, but there are definitely uh there are definitely times where the mole talk is prevalent. Yeah. Um I mean this was also a really dope panel, man. I cannot wait to watch uh, Runaways. Can any last thoughts you want to get on Runaways before we move on?
2: Um, no. Nah, I mean, I, I mean, it'll just be interesting to watch this show now uh, in its entirety on December twenty first. I mean, I don't know if I'll watch it in its <laughs> entirety on December twenty first, but I have the option to do that. Um, I think that'll. Make it even more because we already know it's a good show. So, yeah, I'm happy. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm
0: happy they made that change too.
2: Yeah, it won't because it, won't, it it took me out of it a little bit last year. I had to kind of remember what happened, and I had to wait. And we just have so many you know. shows we
0: watch that, like the fact that you know that's another thing you got to add to the week. Like, the yeah, that I kind of fell behind four in a row, and then get back to it and maybe watch another three or four. I tell you what, I, the whole streaming thing has just kind of changed the game. Like, Yeah. like. It's like there are very few shows that I have, you know, the patience for outside of what we do. To say I'm gonna watch every week.
2: Yeah, I was like, telling. We were talking. Yeah, uh, Curb
0: Your Enthusiasm and Game of Thrones are the only two I can think of right now. That's not sports.
2: Me and Shamari were talking yesterday, uh, with our brother Henry, about how cartoons are like totally different now because all the best cartoons feel like they're on Netflix or Hulu or something, and. It's a totally different experience as well, being able to watch them whenever you want at any point, as opposed to, uh, you know, having to wait for the, for a network to tell you when you can watch something. Television is totally yeah, it's,
1: changed. It's
2: crazy. Yeah. No, yeah, it,
0: it's it's absolutely crazy what's happening. And, and I said, I think that these networks are going to be under the foot of these streaming services very soon, or they're going to have to adapt to... Uh, it is a whole nother conversation. I think that what we know as cable right now is going to be entirely different and very soon, So like shorter than we think. Like mm-hmm. in five years, I wouldn't be surprised if almost none of this exists because of how successful the brand of Netflix, Hulu, and all these all these other streaming services, how much success they've had doing it, how they've been doing it recently. But let's talk now about Titans. Um, there was a New York Comic Con. Uh, panel on this we were not there for that that was on Thursday I believe right or they did some kind of they did a screening I think for the show they did something under
1: comic they did a screening on Wednesday
0: right Yeah, screening which was like pre Comic Con basically mm-hmm. uh, they've been now the uh what's the word the embargo lifted on the reviews and impressions of season one of Teen Titans so far it seems like it's a mixed bag um, there are some people who seem to be willing to give it a shot, saying they like the fact that it is a show that definitely kind of goes for it in regards to being very different and being very unique. Um, there are also a lot of reviews that suggest that this show is way too dark, way too murderous for their liking. It's also interesting when you hear um, the the young man that plays... Uh, not the young man, but the man that plays Robbins, uh, uh Twaits. I don't know how you pronounce Twait, it. Him explaining uh, Robin's mindset at this point in his life, Dick Grayson, he says that he left Batman because uh, Batman was killing people and that he thought that Batman was crossing the line by doing that. So uh, it's kind of fascinating. I'm a little surprised that as many people were okay with this show so far. Now, a lot of these reviews we're seeing are from like comic book-esque outlets. It's not your... Rolling Stone or something like that. It's not your generic. People see people who are probably, probably more in line with this kind of show, or potentially could be more in line with this kind of show. But uh, everyone kind of turned and looked very uh, looked at this show as a possible disaster after the first trailer came out. And here we got some other people saying maybe it's not as bad as we thought.
1: Yeah, I mean, I am. Uh one thing that's been consistent with every everyone that's talked about it, at least everyone that I've seen, is that it is a very, very dark show. It's very dark, very gritty, very adult oriented. Definitely not um like other CW shows, even though it's being made in by Berlanti. Um and I don't mind that at all. Uh I think I could deal with uh, I could do with some more light in the shots. <laughs> At least in all the shots that we've seen. But for it being a more adult oriented show, I don't really mind that. Um, you know, it, it all comes down to the writing. You know, it all comes down to the writing being good. It's very interesting that Batman is so dark in this, uh, uh, I guess, in this version of uh, the Robin story. Um, so it. It's So that kind of, you know, lends uh, credence to the thought that this is definitely a very elseworldy type of uh, Teen Titans. This is not, you know, your Teen Titans Go, your Teen Titans on Cartoon Network. Uh, this is very, very different. Um, uh, so it's just going to be something I, I have to wrap my head around. Um, but I'm open to it being good if it's good, you know, if the story is well told. If the action is good, which the action hasn't seen seen bad so far from what I've seen, so hey, I'm I'm open to it. I'm open to, to you know, hopefully hopefully it's good. Hopefully it's good whenever we, or I guess um this coming uh, Friday when it's released. Hopefully I like whatever they show.
2: Yeah, um, Titans. The fact that it won, I don't know. If, I don't know if this is a show that will feature Batman that much. Um Right. We did get the didn't we get like the grainy guy in a Batman suit yeah. on set. So we do know that Batman will play a role, but he hasn't been casted, so I don't think that we'll get a whole lot of Batman. Um one, the fact that Batman will be acknowledged I mean I mean they we saw it in the trailer, but the fact that Batman will be acknowledged in this show is certainly a plus because I mean, they could have done like the Teen Titans cartoon and just been like Batman is like not a thing, or he's not uh, a <laughs> the, the the man who who shall not be mentioned. But it seems as if Batman will have a real impact on Robin's uh, legacy and Robin's uh, future in this show, and that that's something that uh, is an interesting proposition for this show. I do think that they're 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 playing it certainly dangerous by making batman a killer um i don't know if this is like i don't know if this is like batman's like punisher if batman is like dceu batman or if you know if he's like dceu superman where he he killed one guy and you know he was labeled a killer you know i don't know what i don't know what the narrative or about this titans batman is we'll have to see probably the pilot to figure that out but um i you know i I hope that they're not saying that you know batman's like the punisher in this show you know like any means necessary i gotta get the job done anyone that's done anything (laughs) wrong is ending up six feet underground type thing (laughs) you know that doesn't sound like batman he's a lot more calculated from what i can tell but um no i mean i i it's, it's certainly also interesting that they're getting a second season for this show, because that suggests that this... I mean, we've had things get... I mean, we've had trilogies uh, confirmed for movies that ended up not being that great. Hashtag Star Wars. But, um, you know, I don't know if... Uh, I don't know if this confirms that Titans is a good show or not, but it's certainly a good sign that DC and... Warner Brothers is... uh, They're confident enough in this show that they feel like season two is something people would want. Um,
0: The whole Batman killing thing, uh, that's... I I feel like... When I heard that, I was very disappointed because it it screamed to me of a company and a studio that is refusing to listen to its fans. Um, Its fans were very loud and clear about what their issues were with Ben Affleck killing people in Batman v Superman. So the idea that you can do the Teen Titans show, the first show really with any true connection to Batman outside of, of course, Gotham, where we don't have a Batman because he's only 16. And you're going to make that also iteration of Batman, someone who's killing people. Why do they feel like that's a way to go? Well, I don't get what... <laughs> I don't get why they feel like that's something that um, that's anyway in any way going to benefit the story. I mean, when I heard Breton kind of explain Dick's mindset, he sounded like Batman. <laughs> like the, the the kind of things he was saying about, oh, well, he feels like, you know, yes, there are bad guys, but then there's a line you don't cross. And that if you cross that line, you become just as bad as the bad guys. I'm pretty sure that, like, line of thinking was almost completely originated by Batman. I feel like that's the kind of thing he's said over the course of the 80, 90 years he's been in existence as a character. It's been his main thing of why he hasn't taken out people like the Joker. Because he would be just like the Joker if he ends up being judge, jury, and executioner. Why is Brenton Thwaites explaining Robin's rationale about why he hates Batman while also speaking just like Batman? That doesn't seem to make much sense. I don't know why DC is resisting just giving people what they want um there is a thing about trying to be artistically different and unique and not just trying to just do the same stories over and over again i get that but something as simple as that i just feel like if there's anything that's going to be something that people reject i expect it will be that when they see it Um, i'm not sure we'll actually see him kill anyone but i'm sure that the
1: talk of that will turn people off no i i know this and i don't mean to cut you off yeah go ahead i know this is a berlanti show so i feel like this Mm -hmm. is berlanti's doing not a, I feel like this is separate from the DCEU EU, yeah, with, and the issues that they've had with this whole Dark Batman, Batman killing people type of thing. Um, now I don't know why Berlanti made this decision. He still had to pitch it to Warner Brothers, exactly. Well, yeah, of course. But you know, it is his show. He's a showrunner. So, like, I don't know. I don't know why he chose to go down this route. This route, like. You know, why he's, <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, maybe he's a fan of the Snyderverse. I don't know. I have no idea. But, um, and now he's, now one thing to also make note of is he, he's gone down this route with Arrow as well. Exactly. Because Arrow was the exact same way. Or Arrow was killing people. And we were even so we were, to the point where I didn't want to watch. Yeah, to the point where we were like, "Why is Arrow killing yeah, all?" These I mean, people? you guys were watching. And I, I, <laughs> I, 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 was, I was the latest in Arrow. I didn't
0: watch until the end of season two. And part of it was because I walked by and I see him like just arrowing. Yeah, he's just arrowing right guys through in the, the chest heart and stuff. And I'm like, "This is looks ridiculous."
1: <laughs> so we're like, "Why is he killing so many people?" And I don't know what it is with uh, you know Merlanti and these characters. I mean, Arrow is basically Batman. Now he has Batman, and Batman's killing people too. So. I mean, it may be something with him where he's just like, listen, this, these are dark characters and they do dark things. I don't know. But but again, it speaks to, know. I don't know, I think there's a
0: little bit of ego that goes into that kind of decision. Because again, fans have made very clear they don't want oh, yeah. this. They don't want this thing. And the idea that you're like, well, I'm going to do it because I have a story I have to tell that is different than everyone else. And you guys got to stick with it when the fans just want to see their favorite characters be their favorite characters that speaks to me that screams of me someone who is not check their ego at the door when creating an artistic uh at least or my thing is if you don't want to do that they don't do it my thing is i'm not saying you should uh sacrifice your artistic integrity but fans were very loud and clear about batman shouldn't be killing people the first show that anything that has anything to do with batman he's killing people that screams you don't care about the fans to me, it's screams it's to me that you would rather do what you want to do and make money. Not necessarily what the fans are looking for. And, I mean, to me, that's always been the thing I've that's frustrated me about this show from what I've seen. Is that it could end up being very good. And if it's great, I will sit there and say, yo, this girl was great and I was wrong. But the fans were screaming for something very different. And they're giving us something we don't expect. It's not that, again, that does not mean that that's wrong, but it just screams that, like, the idea that now I know we'll, we'll, the chances that we're ever going to get a Titan show that looks more like Teen Titans is zero, because we have one now that is nothing like it. Um, and it seems like they've gone so far one direction that you can't go back. They can't They can't lighten this show up to me to make it look like it's closer to what the Teen Titans look like in the comic books or in cartoons. There's no way from where they've gone. And that's, to me, a little disappointing. But I do think that it's a uh, a good sign that they've been able to so far uh, escape like, the the disastrous reviews. Yeah. Um, the only one that really gave them a disastrous review that I've seen has been The Collider. Uh, everyone else seems to say that it is very dark, very murderous, and sometimes takes itself too seriously in that regard, but that it is worth watching. Um, I've not only one uh hyperbole says that it's uh fantastic, but everyone else seems to kinda think that it's a interesting show that they're kinda willing to wait and see after seeing right. three episodes. So I I don't think that all these people are lying when saying that, but it's still it's still a little bit of sadness to me that I won't get what I've what always wanted for the Teen Titans, you know. I feel like we're gonna get that
1: through Young Justice.
2: <laughs> right. And that that is our forget- Teen Titans show right now. Can't forget we're also, we may be getting season six.
1: Oh, yeah, that's true, too.
0: They're bringing back Teen Titans. That is true as well. And and it's funny you say that, because that very well could end up being why they did this like this. Maybe they felt like we have, the the, Teen Titans cartoon is literally coming out. Like, we don't know that yet, but maybe they know that. So, like, why are we going to do a live-action version of what you're going to see in animation anyway? Why are we going to try to? Do like try to do like an homage to something that you guys love when we could just do the actual show that you love again right, and that's something that i that could very well be in play um as to why I did this way, but I would say then just do something else. I don't know if I need two versions of the Titans on t v but let's get to the last story of the day, and it's actually um a twist because it's crazy that we have a recap show in regards to comic con. On the same weekend that Venom has come out. But this is our now going to be the portion of the show that's our Venom review. Venom came out in theaters this weekend. Uh, it broke box office records for October. It made over $80 million for an October release, which is great. Um, I'm not sure what the budget was for Sony. Whether or not they made a profit off though, They will make a profit off it. I don't know if they did yet. but um, Commercially, it's been a success. Critically, not so much, but that becomes interesting when you look at the Rotten Tomatoes audience reviews and really the reaction I've seen on social media from fans who have, this is maybe the first time I've ever seen this, just outwardly reject bad reviews and, and, and large masses. Like I've seen, we had the whole situation with every DC movie basically, where this pocket of DC fans are just screaming and yelling that every review is paid paid for by Marvel. And that they don't know what they're talking about. And Zack Snyder is God. We've had those. But that, to me, was a very small portion, I think, of a larger disappointment in those movies. And the audience review scores in On Rotten Tomatoes suggested that. This is totally different. This, to me, is a large, there is a large portion of fans. And I think that we just re- reviewed people who've seen the movie. I think we get more thumbs up than thumbs down. We watched the movie on Saturday night. The movie had a lot of laughs. And they got a round of applause when it ended. I don't know why the hell it did. I thought the movie was trash. (laughs) I mean, I I thought that. um, I thought it was pretty mediocre for the most part. I will stay with the positive for the top. And just say that I thought that Tom Hardy was great in the role. Um, He did not mail that in in any regard. He believed in that script. He gave a very noteworthy, I thought, performance of Eddie Brock, and then even as Venom. There's nothing, I say, in negative about this movie that has almost anything to do with his acting ability. He showed why he's a top-notch actor to me in this film. I thought the CGI for Venom was pretty great. Um, there was never a time when Venom's on the screen where I'm like, he looks terrible. I thought he looked great every single time. So, that was two of the biggest things. With like, how will Hardy be and how will this Venom look? They knocked those out of the park completely. And I, to be honest, I think that's part of the reason why people are giving this movie such a pass. Because I think people expected those things to maybe be off. And they were not at all. But in, not, in seeing that, I think they're missing... Everything else is wrong in the movie, and I think pretty much everything else is wrong with the movie, outside of that. The plot is completely, I think almost completely incoherent. I don't really know the motivations of any character in the movie, maybe maybe with the exception of Brock. Everyone else, I don't know why they do anything at any point in time. Um especially Riz Ahmed's character, the the villain Car- Carlton, Carlton Drake, yeah. <laughs> who I think will go down in the pantheon of worse superhero villains I've ever seen. I'm not necessarily talking about riot in particular, more him. Um, riot was not great either, but him in particular, nothing he does makes any sense for a lot of the movie. And I don't know. I just thought that I, I, here's why I explained to Torres shout out to Martin Torres, uh, um, fan a friend of the show. Of course, he's uh, on our uh, Game of Thrones show, the Throne Tales podcast. He said he enjoyed the movie. He said it was very funny. What I told him is that I think Venom is the whoopee cushion of superhero movies. Does it get laughs? Yes. But is it really that funny? And is the humor... So low brow that it's so it's like an easy cheap pop laugh that they're getting, and therefore they got so many of those that it worked out. I think that's more of the case than that this was a very funny, well written movie, and that those jokes were that great. I, I think that a lot of this was cheap. They got cheap laughs to me. A lot of it was like very like dorky 2003 kind of reactions to things, and I wasn't feeling it. I sat there and I did. I, I laughed one moment in the movie. Um, everything else, I just sat there. and I was like,
1: I don't know. I, it wasn't it wasn't not for me. Um, yeah. I mean, I I feel you, EJ. I mean, I thought the movie was. Um, I mean, I thought it was okay, but definitely nothing to, nothing to write home about. Nothing, nothing special about it. Um, I didn't. I didn't enjoy it that much. I mean, I thought some parts were funny. I was dying at, at some point. <laughs> at some parts. I mean, because, I mean, yeah, the humor was low-brow, but I like low-brow humor. So, of course, <laughs> I was going to be laughing. So, I was laughing throughout most of the movie. But at, at the same time, I was laughing because of how ridiculous it was. You know, because it was ridiculous. And I didn't... And, like, the other thing for me is I didn't want it to be ridiculous. Yeah. I wanted to... You know, there, I wanted there to be funny moments, don't get me wrong, but I wanted to at least take Venom somewhat seriously. Yeah. I couldn't take him seriously <laughs> at, at all, all right. throughout this entire movie. And that's a problem. Someone that like, menacing, and you don't take them seriously? I, can't t- I couldn't that's not, take Venom I seriously. I can't say that that's a successful movie. I could not take Venom care, seriously I mean, at all throughout this movie. He was a complete joke in this movie. I and mean, yeah, he was biting people's faces off, but he was so ridiculous in the movie that I was like, I can't even take that seriously. I can't. It, it was just, it was so ridiculous. And Carlton Drake, I Riz Ahmed, you know, hats off to Riz Ahmed. He's a great actor. No disrespect to him. No, disrespect, no to Riz Ahmed. disrespect, even to his acting yeah, ability. Yeah, really, honestly, in that role. I mean, he it had nothing to do with yeah. him. I mean, he played the role, but it's a bad role. <laughs> it wasn't wasn't well written. It wasn't well explained. It wasn't well written. I mean, it, uh yeah, it was just it just wasn't good. Um, and riot this whole thing with riot and how he came from Malaysia. And, and he winds up in San Francisco, you know, and all this other stuff. I mean, it's just, it, it's just not, it just wasn't good. It, it wasn't a great movie. It was funny at times. I thought some of the action was pretty good. Um, I thought that, uh, let me see what else I like. Uh, I liked I, I agree with you. I liked Tom Hardy as Eddie Brock. I liked, you know, I thought Venom looked good and it's, it's, the comedy got me but that's really that's really it i mean and it i i i couldn't take the movie seriously at all And that's a problem to me because i wanted to i like these movies i like the action in these movies i wanted to take eddie brock's problem seriously i couldn't take his problem seriously either
0: there's nothing about
1: venom that's funny like like the character yeah, the character it's a character is He's not supposed to be funny very serious you know, like, uh, okay, you want a couple, you know, things here and there to make me laugh in a Venom movie, sure. But, like, the fact that I can't take Venom seriously at all in, in his movie is a big problem. Like, I wanted to and I couldn't, you know. And I wanted those amazing action sequences. Didn't get them, really. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I wanted to, you know, understand why Venom without Spider-Man is great. And I didn't get that. And I didn't want Spider-Man in this movie. I just don't think this movie should have existed. That's the conclusion that I drew on. Um, Now I don't. I probably didn't dislike it as much as EJ did, but I still am not big on this movie. I wouldn't get the DVD. I wouldn't. I wouldn't really recommend seeing it. I'd say you could wait until it comes out on TV, or just rent it. I guess if you really want to see it, but it's. I don't think it's anything that's that great. And
0: like the movie, and like that's why. That's why I. Like why I don't get it. In some degree, I kind of do get it because again, it does have those laughs. It is entertaining. I think it's a very entertaining movie. Um, there were not times where not. Well, I will say the first thirty minutes is snooze fest. Um, all that stuff with him. He's working as a reporter. His life falls apart. Then he's fired.
1: And then (laughs) there's a random
0: six month jump because I'm like, you have to. You can't tell the story of a man being. How he tumbles into his place, you got to just jump six months later in order to do that. I don't know if I've ever seen a movie thrive after doing a random time skip. I didn't even notice there was a time skip, I think that's how zoned out I was. <laughs> I was just like, okay, yeah, they had a, and that's crazy because they literally had a day a thing, a black screen said six months later, so it was just that in your face, and you still didn't even yeah, see it. Yeah, I was just like, okay, um, yeah. but Kendall, I, I, I just, I, I get it in some regards, the entertainment value. But I feel like I feel like I see why critics didn't like. Because I feel like if you look anywhere beyond the surface of this, there's not a lot there's to a, take away. Yeah, there's a lot of problems. There's not a lot to take away. It's a it's an incoherent plot with really weird moments. Um, I will never forget my reaction to seeing them show a elderly woman follow what looked like a nine year old girl into a bathroom, and then just cut to another shot. I mean, that was the one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. Um, I don't know why they chose that. Maybe I'm thinking too much, but I thought it was very clear. That was very. I felt very uncomfortable seeing that. Obviously, the woman was taken over by riot, and that girl comes out later. You realize she is then uh, uh, now taken over by riot. And she's somehow able to walk like across many states or whatever to somehow get to Riz Ahmed's character, which I don't know how nine-year-old girl gets away from everyone, and it was just follow in herself into a intense facility like that but whatever um and no one noticed no one say hey there's a girl who's like killing people or whatever i don't know again a lot of issues but can i just feel like if you look beyond the surface man there's a lot of weird stuff with this movie that uh, i just couldn't give
2: it a thumbs up yeah i mean a thumbs up for this movie would be strong um i definitely feel like comparing this movie to fantastic four is a it's a it's gross hyperbole no, no, it's not uh, that absolutely bad. not. It's absolutely not it's not is yeah, the people
0: were saying like cat the cat woman <laughs> Fantastic Four. Yeah it's no. not it, I will it's not, no not say that bad for it. It is not that
2: <laughs> bad. The 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 story is coherent for the most part and there is some, some fun that you can have with the movie. Uh whereas with Fantastic Four there's nothing. There's nothing. It, it's fun just fun. bad <laughs> <laughs> it's bad in every stretch <laughs> of the imagination. It's boring, nothing good about it.
1: Boring, not funny. Yeah. Doesn't make sense. Confusing. Do yeah, doesn't make sense. <laughs> it's bad. Like it's a bad movie. So many different cringe moment, moments. This, like, this
2: is like, it's closer to like Batman and Robin, not as like cartoony and campy, but like in the sense like you can have fun with it if you don't, if you don't take it seriously. Yeah, to me, and, I, I look
0: at it almost like 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 Suicide Squad.
2: Like that's how I kind of view it. Yeah, you could almost look at it like Suicide Squad. Also, I think this movie was funnier than Suicide Squad. I don't yeah, really think like, but I think well it was, like it was going.
0: It was going for something. It was purposely trying, like Suicide Squad. As the issues were that it was extremely dark. They had to rewrite the script, and it became something that no one really could quite get. This they were clearly going for an angle, and I think the angle was we're gonna get the money that Deadpool got by just trying to be as funny as possible.
2: Yeah, um, and, and in regards to quality,
0: I think for quality, I would say it's kind of like Suicide Squad.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think. Which also did very um, well
0: in the in the in, in box office.
2: I, I feel like this movie they did a good job of if you're not I think they realized Venom is a character that isn't that he's popular but he isn't that intricate to where people have a great handle on what his backstory is, what his characterization typically is. Uh we do and i mean plenty of spider-man fans do and marvel fans do but the general audience there are a lot going to be a lot of people that maybe didn't didn't know what to expect from a venom movie heck i don't think we knew what to expect (laughs) from a venom movie because we didn't really love the idea to begin with but um so i think they felt that they could take liberties with the character in ways that can maybe improve the overall reception and that's what they did and i think it worked because i don't think this movie is As well-received if they try to approach it too seriously I mean they could have made a good movie I mean they could have done like Logan or something and that that's that I mean that's generally the way you want to go but it's a much harder way to to approach it I think they took a shortcut Mm -hmm. they were like let's what can how can we make this movie something that is popular amongst the casual people and the easy way to do that is to make it funny and I mean, for me, I I I was watching it and I was laughing, I was laughing audibly. You know, it was they were there were scenes that I couldn't help but like, you couldn't help but laugh and, or chuckle at some of the some of the spots that they put Tom Hardy's character in. Um, you know, Venom, like like Shamari said, you can't really take that character seriously in this movie at all. Um. I don't really see a path where he could ever interact with Spider-Man. If they ever wanted to do that, um I because the 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 Tom Hardy character is too he's too nice. Eddie Brock is too nice. Um Venom didn't really do anything that was like morally gray at all. Um at the most I I said when I came out of the movie that I felt the only credit I'll give to them in terms of setting that Venom narrative, in terms of being a villain, is I felt in the eyes of the public he was viewed as a villain. So the public didn't know about him. That's why I don't. don't Well, the public didn't. But I mean, like more so, like the eyes of like the police, law enforcement. They were trying to, they were trying to stop him. You know, like it wasn't like, oh, Venom, go get him, Venom. You know, like, if they would have done that, then I would have been like, this is ridiculous. Like, but Venom, me, is but at least try to get Batman. I don't know if I agree with that idea, that that
0: made him villain. But, like,
2: even, like, you'll get, like, your commissioner, Gordon, like, oh, yeah, let's, you know, let's let, let's let Venom do his thing. You know, like, there were, there was, there were, he was a, he was, it was a hazard to have that guy out there. And that, that is, that is something that I could say, all right. So, if, if you wanted to do something where, like, all right, now Venom is he's he's I mean the fugitive or whatever you want to call him. It it's, it's it makes sense from that from that perspective. But when you look at it from Eddie Brock's point of view, which is how the movie is being told, you know the guy isn't evil. There is not an evil bone in that guy's body from what we from what we saw. Um typically in the in the comics, when Eddie Brock becomes Venom, his life is torn apart even more. Uh or he has something that, he, generally Spider-Man, that is a, a motivation for him to be evil. He really didn't have that in this movie. Yeah, Really, think... the, the motivation was Carlson Drake, who was evil. Generally, the motivation for him being evil is somebody that's good. Yeah, I mean, at the end, he's trying to save the world. I, I,
0: I don't know. I think that that was also... But a good what decision.
2: what I liked about that was that they... they I mean, they, it was kind of a throwaway line, but they did throw in that like Venom was doing it because you know, it was going to blow him up too. you know, like he he threw it because Eddie Brock was doing it because he's a nice guy or whatever. And he's trying to live. He's trying to save the world. But like Venom was like, yeah, we kind of have to do this because, you know, he's going to blow us up, too. Or I, I mean, you know, I get that. But
0: regardless of why he's doing it, he's still trying to save the world. And there's nothing about that that's villainous. I, I thought that that was also an issue for a character that is they they're trying to prop up to eventually be a, be a be a villain to Spider-Man. I don't know how that ever happens without how how they and without him being completely different. Cuz the person that they interact with, like why would he have an issue with Spider-Man? Venom as we've seen is selfish um in in, in many regards, but he's not out like to to stop that good people he's out to stop bad people like, they, that's a they, whole made, they made that clear at the end of, of the, the end movie
1: of, they made it clear at the end of the movie yeah yeah. Tom Hardy Tom even Hardy's, has a conversation
0: yeah. with like we're going to only attack bad people we're going to have a scene where he only eats bad people like how do you then reverse that and say oh well nah just kidding actually he, he does actually also fight heroes and, and, and is a menace also to regular good people you can't, you can't make that jump without it not making any sense I, that's That that was part of the issue I had with yeah. the Venom character. And the, the second, only... Go ahead, Kano.
2: Well, yeah, I was going to say, the only thing is... I guess if they do something where Spider-Man screws them over in some way. Where, like, he does have that downfall. The only problem is, like, that he already has the or symbiote, has, so it's yeah. kind of weird. Yeah, yeah we've like, seen him and he's got another downfall. I mean, yeah, that's not like... <laughs> that doesn't make no sense. But you'd have to do something where him and Spider-Man are obvious combatants at this point. And in in that in that battle people would always lean towards Spider-Man. Yeah, I mean I, I, I,
1: I, just, I just don't want to see them interact. Like I don't want to see this Venom interact with Tom Holland. I mean, I don't know if I want to see more Venom, to be honest. I don't. Want, but, I I didn't want to see this Venom. I don't yeah, think there exactly. should've been any Venom. But well, I don't dude, want to see, you're going to see more Venom. I didn't want to see this Venom. I I definitely don't want to see this Venom interact with Tom Holland. I just don't think that should happen. I don't think I don't think it would help um, either this Venom or Tom Holland. I I think this Venom, you know, again, I'm giving it the comedy. It was funny, you know, but don't throw that into the the, the MCU. I just don't want to see that leak into leak into the MCU um, because again, I can't take this character seriously. So I don't want that to be, um, you know, I don't want a Venom that's like Star Lord uh, in the MCU. Where I just I'm not gonna take him seriously. I just have to treat him like a joke. You know. But he'll have some action scenes here and there. Like I don't want I don't want that venom in the MCU. I think Kendall uh mentioned a point that I did want to get to,
0: uh, in terms of my criticism of this movie, in that Kendall said they took the easy road out. I think that's the best way to describe this to me. That this was a movie that didn't people would say, Oh, it's kind of a bold take because they did something different with the character Venom I think that that's totally inaccurate I think that this was the easiest thing they could have done because we all spoke about the concern or the challenges that came with doing a solo Venom movie to the point where we just didn't think it could happen or it should happen because we didn't see an avenue where that would ever make sense um, based on the character that we know and but they took the challenge to do this story and do this character instead of Trying to find a story that's worthwhile and a, a, a vision that's worthwhile to do a solo movie, they just made it into something totally different. And I can't give them credit for that. I don't think. I think that that's not strength. I think that's weakness. I think that it to me, the fact that they did this movie this way tells me they had no story. They had nothing to say about Venom. They had nothing to say artistically. So they decided let's just try to just get a bunch of laughs. Let's have them do some kick-ass action. Let's put Tom Hardy on a motorcycle and let's make some money. And I, that's what's disappointing to me is i felt like there was um laziness in the direct directing and writing of the script i can't say there's laziness in regards to the cgi in regards to the shooting in regards to the acting in regards to this, the action this the stunt team none of that stuff i'm talking about in terms of laziness but in terms of the development of the movie and the development of this story they took as Kendall said the easiest road out and that was really disappointing because I would like to see them give it a shot. I would like to see, okay, you guys are going to say you can give me a Venom movie that's worthwhile. Let me see what you can do. I don't think you can do it, but maybe there's something I don't Mm -hmm. know. And instead, they were like, "Uh, no, what's the easiest way to make money because we know we're not going to be able to make a good movie. Let's just make it really funny. And that was uh, uh, unnecessary, I think, on their part. I think they could have given it a shot. I would have liked to have seen what they do. But I said before that this will not be the last Venom movie because, again, this opening weekend suggests that there is a – uh, there, there is an audience for this. The audience reaction suggests that there will be an audience so that there will be more movies. Um, this could end up being the next Transformer series, a, a series of movies that are never really good, but just people go out and see them regardless. Uh, at the end of the movie, in the post-credit scene, we get our uh, our introduction to the character that will eventually become Carnage.
1: Shamari, what did you make of the post-credit scene? Uh, I didn't really like the post-credits scene that much. I mean, I didn't like the movie, so nothing <laughs> in the post-credits is going to make me like the movie. I mean, like, it, it was alright, you know, uh, Woody Harrison I like Woody Harrelson a lot. You know, I liked, uh, you know, I, I think it's cool that, you know, he's playing Carnage, you know, um, uh, you know, but outside of that, I didn't, you know, I, I just don't love, I don't like this, uh, this whole setup. This, you know, he goes into prison to investigate. And he's like, uh, oh, you see carnage in a in a thing, a jacket in a in a cage within the prison. Um, you know, they reference that he's a serial killer and all that stuff, and you know it's him and everything. Um, but I just, I'm just not, you know, I'm not feeling it. And I, I thought he looked okay, I guess. Um, he, I'm not gonna lie, he looked funny with that orange hair, but that's how he looked whatever. though. I know. But it, it's still it just it just <laughs> I'm just like it's just Woody Harrelson with weird orange hair. You know, maybe maybe they could have maybe it's a miscast. I yeah, yeah, I would say was Woody Harrelson the guy to cast it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's the like, question. Like, like I think that's the that's the question. But either way, you know, I like Woody Harrelson. I don't particularly love him in this role, at least not from what I've seen so far. But I didn't love the post credit scene. What did you think of the post credit scene with uh, with Woody
0: Harrelson and this
2: Cletus Cassidy? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think they set it up in a way that was cool. Uh, obviously, it's something that we knew that was that was coming up. Uh, I do agree with Shamari that Woody Harrelson looked a little ridiculous uh, with that with the wig on. Um, I hope that they they do something with the character where it, it, he ends up looking a little better or. He, he ends up getting a haircut or something where he doesn't look as uh, weird. Um, I do. I mean, I mean, the guy that people wanted to play Carnage for a long time was Jim Carrey. That that would have been that would have been the guy that could have played the role well. But Jim Carrey uh, is at a different point in his career. You know, now he's playing Doctor Eggman. I don't know if he really <laughs> cut out for big time roles like this. But uh, it's—I don't—I don't. This is kind of this kind of reminds me of the the Green Lantern Sinestro post-credit scene where I was like, I mean, teasing something cool. Will we ever see it? I don't know. Oh, we um, will see it. I'm convinced yeah. we're gonna see it. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a good shot we'll see it. Um, what what I what I will say about the reception of these movies, I think. Something I said before the movie came out was that the marketing of the movie was brilliant. And it was uh, top five that I've seen in a long time for a comic book movie. And I think that that affected the overall reception, audience reception of the movie. Do You think that they're still
0: kind of caught up in the hype for it?
2: Yeah, I think casual people, casual fans. If it, there's a movie that you're excited to see, then you'll be more willing to defend it or you'll be more willing to accept uh, the good parts and look over the bad parts of a movie. That's just something I would generally assume. So it's not surprising that for a movie that had a lot of hype, people, considering it didn't fall flat, like Fantastic Four was the opposite. The marketing was was horrendous. Nobody cared about the movie. It looked boring as heck, and the movie was terrible. So people were not shy to bash the movie, but... Because the marketing for this movie was so good, it then, then the people that saw it, they were very excited to see it. It ended up being funny, positive emotions, and now you come out saying, eh, it wasn't that bad of a movie. Um, I don't think any of us were that excited to see the movie to begin with. So it's not surprising that none of us really loved it because there was no real hype from us. It was more, why are we getting Venom? But, uh But no, I think this post-credit scene does tease something that could be interesting. Uh, I didn't like the whole cheesy Carnage line. It had to be said, but
0: that was that was it
2: didn't really make sense. You know, because it didn't make sense because every symbiote in this universe seems as if this all the symbiotes in the universe already have their own name. So you really didn't have to call him Carnage Um, because Venom was Venom before he met Eddie Brock. Right, and riot was riot in everybody's body. So, like, now well, that mean, has he already been infected
0: with the symbiote? That's
2: an interesting question. I would assume that. I, that's what I was. That's
0: what I was wondering watching it.
2: If he is in that, then then the scene is a lot better for me. well at least that line is a lot better for me. I think there's there's a, cha- I think there's was. a
0: chance he is, but I don't. I don't know. I'll be honest. I can't say for sure. Um the director spoke about the scene but i don't i don't think i don't think he mentioned whether or not uh
2: now what what he said what from what i said that one, that's from, the case yeah from what i saw from what reuben fleischer was saying about uh the scene he was more so talking why they decided to save venom for the post-credit scene and not have him in the movie and save him for the second movie in general and he said stuff that i pretty much agreed with which which was that they didn't want to do Venom because Venom's a character that needed his own backstory. You needed his own fleshing out. or Carnage rather, mm-hmm. and that you can't do that while doing Venom's origin story because one, it takes away from Venom, and two, it takes away from Carnage. Uh, my problem is that they decided to do Riot, and now you're going to do Carnage, and now they have to find a way to differentiate Venom from Riot from Carnage. They really didn't do a great job differentiating riot and venom so they said talked about how riot
0: was like the best of the alien symbionts he was like the king
2: yeah which is weird because I, I mean he lost i mean he didn't I mean, he didn't get destroyed he just got trapped really but like like you said is carnage now going to be stronger than them is he going to be more violent like what's going to be the the gimmick um and again is venom like the heroic
0: symbiote? I, I don't know. <laughs> right? Yeah, is he the hero? The alien symbiote, which is not his thing. I mean, yeah, I don't know. They've, I don't know. I feel like they've boxed themselves in some corners with how they've done this that they can't really get it right to fix it. But I mean, uh, who knows? I I, 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 kind of expect this next m- movie to be titled Venom versus Carnage. Um, I think,
2: it's gonna be you think something. I think it's gonna be something that simple. Yeah, it's gonna be that in your face. When you cast somebody as Woody... Like Woody Harrelson for the role... Right. That, that that suggests that you're going to... Push this Carnage character very much. Yeah. He's not just going to be your generic villain.
1: Yeah. I mean, the, yeah, they're definitely going to push it. I, I have no idea what the title is going to be. But, I mean, it's definitely going to be Venom and Carnage-centric. So, I wouldn't put it past them to have a title like that. And by the way, I also did think that that, uh,
0: that scene... I thought the scene was... Fine up until he said there's gonna be carnage. That was one of the corniest lines. (laughs) It was, man. I think really I think I've ever seen in movies. Whenever you use the name of your character or the title of your movie in a line, it's very rare that that ever is gonna turn out okay. I think that might have been one of the worst iterations of that attempt. Like that was just that was horrendous. And and nothing to do with Woody Harrelson, but they really they couldn't be more subtle than that at all, like, wow, that was bad. <laughs> that was really like bad. you could
2: you literally could have like like zoomed into his eyes and like saw like the carnage. Symbiote saw Carnage's face, yeah, like, in, his, in his eyeball or something. Yeah, like, could have been something, way something subtle. It didn't have to be. There's gonna be Carnage, and it's like, oh, I wonder what he's talking about. Yeah, that like was. people are gonna Google this stuff anyway, and nobody that doesn't know about Carnage. If you don't know about Carnage, you're not going to understand that regardless of saying it or not. There's a very small percentage of people that weren't going to get it that did get it because you explicitly said Carnage.
0: Right, and I think that I think the people that are seeing a Venom movie, I think a lot of them know that that's Carnage. I don't think that that was surprising people.
2: Especially for the people that stayed for the post-credits.
0: Exactly. I don't think people were like, who's that? I don't think, even if he would never said Carnage, if they did some yeah. other way to like tease that. It wouldn't have been a who's that.
2: Like, like Marvel doesn't explicitly do, you know, spell out every single one of their post credits scenes. Of course not. I mean, the Captain Marvel. They didn't say, oh, Captain Marvel's coming. Yeah, if you do it, exactly. you if you know, you know. If you don't, you don't. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. That was uh, a yeah, that was trash by them.
0: Um, I think that's going to wrap this show. Uh, this week. Oh, final
1: scores on Venom. Shamari, what do you got? i give it a 6 out of 10. I didn't think it was... Um, I didn't think it was good. I didn't think it was completely terrible. I got some good things out of it, but I wouldn't recommend it to anybody. Why really.
2: why you, Kendall? I'm gonna go 6.5. I think they they did a good job with making it a fun movie. If I look at this movie outside of the lens of a comic book movie... I would be like, it's a fine movie. It's not really the super most coherent, but it it's fun. But if I, you know, analyze it critically from a from a comic movie perspective, it's not one of the best ones. It's it's mediocre. Uh, I'm going five. Uh, I almost went 4.5. That's low. I mean, what, what, it's what, not what, good. How low? <laughs> when was the last time you given a five, EJ?
0: Um,
2: probably like I think Suicide Squad was higher
0: than that. Probably Batman, maybe Superman, maybe was like in that range. I don't think you gave BVS a five. Yeah, I don't think you gave it it like like a six. I don't think you gave it a five. I mean, if I look back on it, I probably would drop that score even more. Oh wow. Um. I don't know. This was a five to me. This was not. This was. Um. This was not a great movie. (laughs) I don't know what else to say. I mean, yeah. For me, there was. But the thing is, though, it was enjoyable. And like I said, I like whoopee cushion jokes. I would watch people do a whoopee cushion thing. I'm not gonna say that. I hate the movie in that regard. But I can't say in terms of the quality of it because of that. The quality of Whoopi, Cush- the Whoopi Cushion gets last. It doesn't mean it's a good joke. <laughs> Venom gets last. It's entertaining. It does not mean it's a good movie. I would watch it. I would watch it again. Not in a movie theater probably. But if it was on TV or something, I would not watch it if I was doing nothing. I would watch it again. But in terms of quality, in terms of a storyline that makes sense, in terms of character motivations that make sense, anything that's supposed to make a good movie good. They don't accomplish any of it. How can I give it a high rating? How can I give it more than a five? I, I, I don't see it. So, um, that's as high as I can go with Venom. Uh I think that's a good place to wrap the show though. So thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the New Generation Hero Talk Podcast. It's a very special episode, rare episode where you got a Comic Con panel recap and a um and a movie, movie review. review. We didn't never have we've never had that before. And we may never For the have price that. of one. Yes, for the price of one. But zero times zero is zero, so it means that all of it is still free. (laughs) But, uh, of course, be sure you guys check out all of our uh, shows on the New Generation Podcast Network on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. Also, be sure to check us out on YouTube, where, again, a lot of our New York Comic-Con content, we have some stuff already up there in regards to some panel recaps. We'll have some more fun recaps and other fun videos on there and some, some surprises even, so... Be on the lookout all week for that content to drop. Also, be sure to check out our uh, our uh, Instagram account at the New Generation Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at New Generation Pod um, and on Facebook, New Generation Media. Follow me on Twitter at EJ underscore Stewart and uh, on Instagram at Action EJ. Follow Shmari on uh, Instagram and Snapchat, MC Shan 22. That does it for now. We'll be back next week with more Hero Talk for Shimari for Kendall Ami J. Peace.